Give him praise. Give him glory in this house. Yes. You believe it. You believe it. God will do it. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you this morning. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Powerful, powerful presence of God. And I, I believe there's somebody here. God has not done. You, 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 you need to surrender. You need to surrender to what he's doing. Never ever has been a problem with God. I mean, no, he's the healer. He's never had a problem healing. And when I, when I look through the Gospels, he says to people, he says to people hey, uh, what is it you would like for me to do? Well, I want to be healed, the guy said, but I've been lame all my life, 48 years. And I want to get in the pool. I will, but every time, how I many know everybody can come up with an excuse or two? This dude had a pretty valid excuse. He crawled his way to Pool of Bethesda. Crawled there every day. When the waters begin to stir, it's not my message, but I just feel like I need to tell somebody needs to hear it. When the waters get stirred, he tried to get in the pool, but he couldn't get in the pool. He was lame man. And uh, Miss Carol said she'd been to the Pool of Bethesda. She said it's a rocky terrain, very, very hard to get down the steep steps and sharp, sharp rocks and such and such. He said, nobody helped me get in the pool. Can I tell you today, if you don't get something from the Lord, it's not because Oak Grove and everybody here didn't try to help you get something. I mean, this is the pool. Jump in it. If you can't jump in it, we'll drag you here. It wasn't so much the water. That possibly was a myth. It was the wonder-working guy from Galilee. How many know he was the one? It was Jesus. Did you notice in that story Jesus didn't go put him in the water? Water can't help you. I mean, the wonder-working, miracle, water-walking Jesus, he's the one. He's the one that can help you. So he said, be healed. Be made whole. Pick up your bed and walk. Guys are like, what? He had a choice in that moment. You can lay there, remain in your pain, or you can get up and walk. There has to come a place where you're willing to take a step of faith. The Lord is willing. I said, the Lord is willing. I know God doesn't heal everybody unless you consider heaven healing. I mean, it sounds like heaven is healing to me. I'll tell you what's not in heaven. I don't know who is in heaven, but I tell you what's not in heaven. Sin is not in heaven. Sickness is not in heaven. There's no tears in heaven. There's no night. There's no darkness in heaven. I mean, oh, the Lamb is the light. He is the glory of heaven. That's why I can't wait for heaven. How about you? In the meantime, I would love to talk to you about the sweet by and by, but we have to deal with the nasty now and now. Israel. Israel. I started a sermon uh, last week that I want to finish this morning, and I thought, didn't Sister Serena do a wonderful job last week on her powerful testimony? Let hope arise. 
Yeah, you can go ahead and give God praise. It was powerful. God touched her. I don't know if she could even go into detail about it. If you can talk to her, she can tell you some more about it. She's a preacher. Preaches to Gary every day. <laughs> we started off telling you, though, that discouragement seems to be the order of the day. And I'm not going to preach the whole thing again. But it feels like the saints of God are losing. And I told you there's a difference between faith and hope. Faith is some of things hoped for. That the evidence of things not seen. So Satan can't have your faith. It doesn't belong to him. I mean, oh, in faith, you gave your life to Jesus. Satan just can't take it. It don't belong to him. It's, your life is in Christ. I mean, oh, if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything's new. You're a new creation. Say, I don't look like one. I don't feel like one. I mean, oh, it's faith. Aren't you glad it doesn't depend on how you feel or how you look? So, hope. He renders us hopeless. He tries to take hope away. But, boy, Isaiah chapter 40 was just an encouraging. I don't know if you got anything out of it. If you didn't, here's another chance to try it again. Isaiah chapter 40, uh, part two of Let Hope Arise. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God. I mean, oh, he's always been God, and he always will be. God was loving you before he even began the earth. I said, he loved you before you were ever formed. God loves you. He knew you. He's a preexistent God. His love didn't just wake up when you were born. He didn't just start loving you when you got saved and started getting good. I mean, oh, God's love never changes. Everlasting God. And he's the Lord. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. And look what he does not do. He does not become tired or grow weary. Anybody thankful for that? How many pretty tired right now? Let me see your hand. Just, just a little bit tired. How many is a lot tired? How many is sick and tired? <laughs> How many is sick and tired of being sick and tired? I'm going to tell you what, man. We've been through it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you know what? We've been through it. Anybody who's been through something knows how to come out of something. It's not what you've been through. It's how you came out. Everybody's been through something. And are going through something. I hate to tell you, but if you're on the mountaintop, there's another valley waiting on you. If you're in the valley, good news is the mountaintop's coming. So it's kind of like that, isn't it? Life is like that. Good days and bad days. Pastor Mark, it's good days and bad days. Forty years I've been serving the Lord. Last September I made 40 years. Uh, 40 years I'm going to be married to Melissa. 40 years in October. Uh, She waited a year before she married me. She wanted to make sure I fell in love with Jesus and not just Melissa. I mean, oh, Melissa without Jesus is still not going to help Ron. I need Jesus. You ought to say, I do too. I do too. Well, say it anyway. Whether you believe it or not, you need him. And the fact is that he is there. He has been there and he will be there. He's the everlasting God. And, uh, you know, we, we grow weary in the ministry. I don't know. Just be transparent a little bit. Pastors are growing weary, too. Did you know that pastors are human? Yeah, I know you think we go to Sam's and just say, fuel, be put in the vehicle now in Jesus' name. It doesn't happen that way. I have to wait in the line. I have to put the card in that doesn't work, and then you have to try it again. How many know there's a lot of things that can make you weary? 
And you can't get the ticket because they ran out of, how come it always runs out on my time? How much paper is in the machine? Anyway, you understand what I'm saying. Life is not easy. And you can grow weary. But the Lord is faithful. He's faithful. I found him to be faithful. How about you? And so he doesn't grow weary. And that's awesome because we can go to him. He is our strength. Amen? He doesn't grow weary. And there's no searching of his understanding. You don't have to wonder where, uh, where God is in his understanding. It's hard to read people today. How I many it's hard to understand people today? Uh, everywhere I go, somebody's first day on the job. It's amazing. And you think I'm making it up. Everywhere I went last week, this is my first day. I said, really? I went to get a biscuit to Hardy's first day. I said, really? I went to Popeye's first day. I said, really? Did they just start jobs today? Is everybody's first day? And uh, so I said, I just want a biscuit with some jelly. Mm. Weary. Brother couldn't get me a biscuit with jelly. It's hard. And I said, yeah, I think I've been coming here quite a while. And uh, David is the manager right behind you. Just tap him on the back. Tell him Pastor Ron needs a biscuit. Not that hard. But to him, you'd think it was algebra. Just wanted a biscuit. And so you grow weary, and it's hard to understand how he can't figure that. that but it's his first day. So there's no searching of God. How many know he's been around a long time? And if you don't understand what God's trying to say, how many know his word has been around a long time? I said, how many know it belongs to God? The word, it's the word of God. Heaven and earth can pass away. His word never changes. He understands. You can understand. You can see. You can make sense of things. You can understand. You can have sanity because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In an unstable world, let me just help you here. A lot of confused people out there. Trust me, I met every one of them. And sometimes I think they're making me crazy. You know, it takes crazy to pastor crazy. And so I'm trying to hold my feet together, hold my head together and say, Lord, I don't understand everything, but I'll go, by, I'll go back to your word. And how many know when you read his word, it all makes sense again. From the beginning to the end, it all makes sense. How many know God has a plan from the foundation of the world? He didn't just start loving me. He's been loving me a long time. And there's a lot of people going through a lot of struggles, but they haven't understood the strong immutability of God. That word is a big theological term that just means God doesn't change. You change, things change, all kinds of things change. But God stays the same. And he gives strength to the weary. Now let me see your hands again. How many weary? He's got strength for you. I'll give you a testimony real quick, and I'll finish. But uh, my, my nephew, Tommy, was in Oklahoma City. It's my sister's son. He called me said, Uncle Ronnie. called me Ronnie. That's what I was before I got saved. I mean, God had to change everything about me, even my name. Uncle Ronnie, my friend, is about to commit suicide. He's in the military. He's losing his wife. He's about to get kicked out of the military, and he's about to end his life. And I told him that my uncle is a preacher in Springfield. You need to call him. Really? Uncle Ronnie's got all the answers. Well, listen to what this guy did. His name was Larry. I told Tommy, he said, hey, Larry, my friend's going to call you. He's about to commit suicide. He's going to call you, Uncle Ronnie. I told him you could help him. I said, thank you, Tommy. What a blessing. So I get a phone call. Hey, Uncle Ronnie. Tommy? No, this is Larry. 
dude's my nephew, and I never ever met him. He's just already my nephew. Hey, Uncle Ronnie. I said, hey. Is it? Oh, Larry, are you my uh, my nephew Tommy's friend? Yeah. I said, man, I heard. I've been praying for you. What can I do for you? Well, your nephew Tommy told me, uh, you know, I'm about to end my life. I'm about done. I've had enough. I'm weary. I'm tired, and I'm done. I'm going to end it all. Losing my wife. I'm losing my military status. I'm losing my job. I'm losing everything. And he said, but you know what? He said, your nephew said that, you know, I could call you and that you could help me. I didn't know what to do, guys. That's a lot of pressure. I said, wait a minute. Let me get this straight there, Larry. I'm not trying to be facetious or funny, but it is a funny story. I said, Larry, my nephew told you, who's about to end it all, that if you just called his Uncle Ronnie, everything will be all fine. He said, that's right, and I'm calling you, and uh, I'm asking you, what do I do? I said, well, if you are willing to believe, how many know believing is important? If you're willing to believe, Larry, my nephew, who you know, but I don't know you, but my nephew told you that he knew an uncle that he had that could help you, and you believe that I could help you, and that you're going to get help from me just because you called me because you believe your nephew. My nephew, so you're going to get believed. Boy, have I got somebody to introduce you to. Can I tell you, I introduced him to greater than Ron Moran. I introduced Larry to Jesus Christ, the healer of all. How many know he can do it? I said, since you so easily believed me because you're in relationship with him, I want you to believe him since you're now in relationship with me. Are you able to do that, Larry? Well, I guess so, Pastor. Now I went from Uncle Ronnie to pastor. I mean, I'm moving up in the world. I helped Larry soar to another level. My nephew helped Larry by helping him get a hold of me. I helped Larry by helping him get a hold of Jesus. I, I discipled Larry. I discipled Larry on the phone. I still to this day have not met Larry. I discipled him every week, every week for a year. Called him on the phone, Oklahoma. Hey, Larry, how you doing? Well, Uncle Ryan, I got my, I got my wife back. I believe the military is going to let me keep my, my military status. I got a new job, and I'm in the, on the weekends. I'm doing the military. And he said, I'm going to church with your nephew. I think I'm going to be all right. Would somebody help me give God praise? You don't know what you can do if you introduce somebody to Larry. You can call me Uncle Ronnie. You can call me Pastor. Call me anything you want. If you come to me with something, I'm going to take you to him. Because how many know he, he gives strength to the weary. And to him who has no might, look at that, he increases power. Anybody here need some power? Maybe you have some power, but you don't have all power. Look at this. Even youths grow weary and tired. Larry was young. He was tired. Military boy, still tired. About to end it all. People are getting to the end of themselves. And the day, as the day of the Lord approaches, how many old people are giving up? They're tired. They're weary. They're worn out. They're giving up hope. They're throwing in the towel. Some of them are ready to quit it all, end it all. And vigorous young men stumble badly. It means all of us have bad days. But look at this. Would you read it with me? But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles. 
rising toward the sun. And they will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. So I'm about to give you a prescription for never being tired again. Till next week. Come back. You know, you don't dare lose your hope when your God sits on the circle of the earth. I told you last week how powerful he was, how big he was. If if you're struggling today, if you're struggling today believing God, then you have shrunk him. Somebody needs to make a new movie. Honey, I shrunk God. You shrunk him down to human level. But how many know when we couldn't get up to him, he came down to us. What a God, what a powerful God. And never grows tired, never sleeps. He never slumbers. He never changes. He's consistent and constant and powerful and mighty. Almighty. He's almighty God. Man, what can he not do? He weighs the mountains. He, 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 he has the waters in the palm of his hand. The sands, he counts the numbers. Of, he, he named the stars. The scientists say there's 10 billion trillion, almost like U.S. deficit in the debt of America. 10 billion trillion stars. And he named every one of them. I don't know if I can name every one of you. A couple of hundred. God named Every star, 10 billion trillion, which is probably not the end thereof. Would you lift your hand and just call him a mighty God? He's a mighty God. And he don't grow tired. His size, his smarts, how smart is God? How smart is God? Even in creation, Brian, in creation, he had the audacity to take what was dark and, and nothing and void and, and, and the winds of God, the Spirit blew over the waters. And the voice of God spoke and said, let there be light. Four words. Four words and darkness turned to light. Breath of God breathes over nothingness and somethingness comes about. Let there be light. And then he separates the light from the darkness. And he calls it day and night. Then he separates the water from the land calls the sea and the and the land. And he did all that prior in his divine order, in his wise wisdom. He did all that before he made the marine life. So he made Josiah, he made the coral reef before he made little, you know, Nemo. Nemo wouldn't have nothing to eat. You understand that? How wise is God? And then, and then the birds of the air. And then, and then before he made humans or any other animals on the earth, he made the vegetation and the trees. Has anybody given any thought that God is smarter than the rest of us? What an awesome God. So mighty and so big and so powerful and so wise and so smart. Do you think he can figure out your situation? Of course he can. So he remembers every name and he has to do He just can blow on the stars and light little candles. They'll be out. Lights out. He can light it up. He can light it. He can put it out. I mean, no, God's big. And so many times we get up in the morning and think we're hot stuff. We think we are big. And we know everything. Really? Who counsels God? Who counsels God? 
Who tells God the wisest thing to do? Who knows better, you or God? Hmm, of course, of course. And so, have you not known is our text? Have you not heard? He can't meet your needs, really. He gives power to the weak. Even youth shall faint and be weary. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up, rise in hope with eagles' wings, ready to soar. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. When Listen to you. This is, this is how you do it. You know, it's, it's important to catch all of this because I, w- I want to finish this. How do you soar in heavenly places? Real quickly. Exchange your weakness for his strength. It's an exchange. It's just like the word of God in Romans 1. Remember that? They exchange the truth of God for a lie, and now they worship the creature instead of the creator. I mean, no, you got to exchange a lie for the truth of God and worship the creator, not the creature. How about we turn that thing around? I mean, no, it's time to turn it around. The world has changed the truth of God's word for a lie, and now they think they can be anything, do anything, accomplish anything in their own selves, and they're not even smart enough to know the difference. If you can't look at the oceans and the mountains and the sky and the sea and the birds, on my Facebook, or, or, or the only thing I do on Facebook, I really am not a Facebook person, but they have pretty birds, all kinds of colorful birds. And, uh, and it takes me about a half hour, but I, I kind of I save the picture and I put it somewhere. I don't even know where it's at. I save the pictures. All kind of strange little beautiful creatures and birds. It's because I can't get over it. I can't get over it. There's so many species of birds that I just think, what does God never grow weary, does he? And while you were sleeping last night, he was doodling, making the new sunset and sunrise. He's waiting for you to get up. You know why? You are the apex of his creation. God loves you. You're the reason. You're everything. He didn't create all of that. He was getting ready for you. He was getting ready for you. And when he created everything, he said, oh, it was good. Then there was only one thing that wasn't good. He said, this is not good. It's not good. It's not good for man to be alone. And so he made a companion a woman. Why? Because he had a plan. Multiply and replenish. Hey, that's the command. Multiply and replenish. I mean, a man can't replenish with another man. Somebody help me preach. A woman can't replenish with another woman. It takes one man, one woman. That's God's way. That's God's way. So you can act like it. You can even say it, but you can't do it. I said you can't do it. You can't make a dog meow. You can't make a cat bark. Uh, I wish somebody helped me preach. You can't trade God's strength for your own. In fact, the only way you're going to make it is In your weakness, he is made strong. Paul says, in my weakness, he's strong. It's actually God's getting glory out of my weakness. And these light and temporary, this is Christy's favorite verse, these light and temporary um, afflictions or pain that we're experiencing, it's for a moment, it's just temporary. I preached a funeral for uh, Jess's mom uh, yesterday, and I told him two things. God is, and his love is permanent. And your life is temporary. I mean, oh, that ought to be enough to get you through. When you realize that this is just a blip, just a little blurt, you're gone. But there's something weightier, something greater. I mean, oh, there's something waiting for you and me that's greater than what we're going through. If you can wait on the Lord, 
in the wait on the Lord. Patiently wait on his timing and listen to his voice. God is a patient God. How many say he's been patient with you? He's been patient with me. So has Melissa. That's why I've been married almost 40 years. God's grace and her patience. You understand? All of us need somebody to be patient with us. And aren't you glad his mercies are new every morning? His mercies are new every morning. I don't care if you blew it in 2022. You can soar in 23. If you catch what I'm trying to tell you, if you wait on the Lord, how I many know he, and, and you know, I don't know what you know about eagles, but I looked up, I saw an eagle on there. I go, I got a picture of the eagle. Oh, man, the wingspan, they're sitting on the top of the cliff. And all that, all that eagle did, listen, all that eagle did was spread his wings. Didn't flap, didn't have to flap. How many know some of you are tired because you're flapping yourself to death? He didn't do anything. All he did was just, and the current of the wind lifted him up off that cliff and took him into places he wouldn't. He didn't even try. All he did was mount up. All you got to do is put your hope in God. All you got to do is believe God. All you got to do is get your nose back in the book. All you got to do is understand how big he is, how smart he is, how wise he is. And then submit, and he will renew your strength. Mountain up. We recognize his power. He gives us power to keep going. And if you're too proud to receive, so, so see the picture of who God is. You got to. You got to understand the providence of God. He sits above it all. Our only hope is to wait uh, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. W-A-I-T. Not W-E-I-G-H-T. That's what Hebrews talks about. The sins and weights that keep us from soaring. You can't get off the ground because you're so burdened uh, by all the troubles. You can't. You're, you're, you're seeing your troubles bigger than your God. How many know you got to put your God in front of your trouble, not your trouble in front of your God? All you see is your trouble. And, and so... Uh, and so you remember the old chorus, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Do you know it? Look full in his wonderful, help me see, and the will grow strangely in the light. Of his glory. It's all about what you see. And I think there's a lot of God's people losing perspective. That's why they're tired. They're losing hope. That's why they're tired. All they see is the trouble around them. And they can't see the God in front of them. He's with us always. So how do you receive it? You receive it. It's not a passive sitting around. It's not sitting around. It's not passivity. It's faith. Faith is active. It moves. Paul said, in him I I have faith. In him I live. I live for God. I move. I have my being. You know what? I'm going to be strengthened by the Lord when I get to Thailand. I may be tired here, but how many know the Lord's going to strengthen me? Why? Because I'm not going in my name. I'm going in his name. I'm not going for Ron's glory or Oak Grove glory. I'm going for God's glory. He's going to do something in Thailand because we believe. See how simple that is? Well, Pastor, what if you come back and they didn't receive? Well, you see, you didn't soar. 
You're flapping again. So we seek him, and his strength comes. Strength to soar. Not sit around and soak and sour and complain about all the bad things. It's easy to get down. Let me tell you, it's very easy to get down. Josiah knows counseling today is at an all-time high. People are discouraged like never before. And there is a there's a there's a a process. You start out discouraged, then you get deflated, defeated, fatigued, end up being in depression. It's a process. But how many know with the process, everything that goes down must go up? Oh, the first thing you gotta do is just spread your wings. Stand out in faith and let the wind of the Holy Spirit rise. How many know God will raise you up? Hope will raise you up and take you to places you never would have dreamed. The purpose of the strength is to be moving forward, to hope again, to live again, to dream again, to rejoice again, not to show off, but to show His glory. He will use you. They were weary. They were weak. They were worn out from life. But the position is to wait. That was their problem. They were tired. But the position is waiting. Waiting. Waiting on the Lord. And so, notice the order. Mount up with wingles, eagle's wings. And then, and then number two, uh, we, we run. And then number three, we walk. We mount up with eagle's wings. We run, and we're not weary. And then we walk. It sounds backwards. I mean, Pastor, don't you know you're supposed to walk before you can run? <laughs> I mean, when you mount up, God would help you. First, we, we soar into the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Then we set ourselves uh, out for the race, the course, set the course to run the race. Run the race how? With patience. Patience, perseverance. Those are the things that are going to get us across the finish line. Nobody ever said it was going to be easy. There's going to be issues. There's going to be problems. There's going to be physical, financial, family. Everything's not fun. And there's, a, there's churches out there that's trying to make everybody happy, 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 smiley, smiley. Everybody's having fun. Well, you know what? You can fake it. Doesn't mean you're going to make it. You can act like it's not real. You can try to deny it, push it under the rug. But how many know it's still under the rug? And there's a lot of people who are trying to smile, but they won't deal with the issue. It's still there. How many know there's an elephant in the room? Can't nobody see it. So... We run, we run the course, and then, and then and finally we walk the walk of faith with a heart filled with hope. Waiting refers to a confident, patient expectation. When you recognize the power, he gives you the strength. The promise is power, you've got to receive it. The position is patience, you've got to wait on it. Well, that's one that's hard for me. So we mount up as wings, we run, and we walk. It refers to confident, patient expectation. Gotta be patient. That's a hard one for Pastor Ron, who has one position, and that is go. No wonder I'm going today. Because I'm a goer. And by nature, I'm a doer. You might be a sitter. I wish I was a sitter. I'd love to sit and watch you sit too. But God didn't make me a sitter. Well, God, you know, made me a visionary. Good. What do you see? Oh. Oh, so I got to do what you see. I get. I wish God would have gave me that gift. It's not always the case, is it? Just because you see it, don't mean you sit there and look at it. You got to patiently wait, and then you got to soar. Sooner or later, you got to get up. 
Got to get up. I understand recessions. I understand problems. I understand setbacks. But how many know sooner or later you got to get get up and go? So there's only two things you need to do today in the altar as Chrissy and them make their way back. It's 11.15 and i got to get on a plane. Two things I want you to do today. And it has to do with shoes. Shoes. When God met Moses, when Moses met God at the burning bush, he said what? Take off your shoes, Moses, for the place you're standing is holy ground. Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been to the desert. But how many know the sand in the desert is hot? We go on vacation with Melissa. We go to the beach. And uh, I have to wear I have to wear sandals because if not, I'm running 100 miles an hour to get to the I'm screaming and hollering. The sand is hot. It's hot. God said, I don't care how hot it gets, Moses, take off your shoes. The place you're standing is holy ground. Till you're ready to release your vulnerability. Until you're ready for pain. Until you're ready to be vulnerable. Until you're really ready to worship. You can't worship with shoes on. Because the place you're standing is holy ground. What he's saying is, Moses, you need to get a little vulnerable. You need to take off your protective layer. You're talking to God. The place you're standing, buddy, is holy ground. And after he's finished with all that worship, how many know we ought to worship? Would you stand right now? Would you just stand right now? Don't take your shoes off. Your neighbor might not appreciate it. But But would you do me a favor? Don't worry about the shoes. Just take take your heart. And give it to the Lord. Just lift your hands to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm standing on holy ground. I'm vulnerable in the presence of the Lord. Listen, listen, there's another pair of shoes. We'll deal with it in a second. But this is what I want you to see. Father God, I take off my shoes because I know I'm standing before you. In reverence and holy fear. Signifying, God, that I am nothing and you are everything. If you tell me to take off my shoes, I'll take off my shoes. And I want to worship you. I've never seen a bush talk. I've never seen a bush get on fire and not be consumed. I've never seen anything like this. I was raised in the palace. I'm educated, but I've still never seen anything like this. I was raised in now in the Midianite desert. And I've, and I've been a shepherd and I've done something. I've never seen anything like this. I mean, oh, God is bigger than you can imagine, my friend you got to get vulnerable and start worshiping. The second thing you do is, once you take your shoes off and worship, you put your shoes back on in service. Once you finish worshiping Him, after you worship, then you work. That's it. We'll worship till Jesus comes, and we'll work until Jesus comes. And until Jesus comes, how many know we got to keep our shoes on? Our shouting shoes, our working shoes. Somebody has to go. You can't stay in worship forever. Today, people are mesmerized by worship services. In fact, they don't even think about the word. I want to go where I can worship. I just want to worship all day long. Well, you know what? Moses had to get up from that burning bush experience and go to Pharaoh. Go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I mean, that's our mission. You go serve notice on the enemy. And tell him that he's left God's people in bondage for long enough. How I many know it's time to let the people of God go?
The war is ended. Hope has come. Your sins are pardoned. Jesus died on the cross. How many know we have hope in Jesus? And so, He acts on our defense. He also acts for our discipline. His perfect timing is impeccable. He knows what's best for us. Rise up in patient hope, O Grove. God never grows weary. I know you do. But Pastor Ron's favorite verse is Galatians 6, 9. Don't grow weary. Don't give up. Don't grow weary in doing good. Because in due season, I mean, oh, the perfect timing of God is coming. For somebody's about to get a breakthrough this morning. Your day of breakthrough is coming. God's about to move some things out of the way. It doesn't matter if it's Jericho's wash. How many know God can take care of Jericho? He'll move it out of the way. And the thing about God, He doesn't always speak the same thing the same way. One time He tells David to go straight at the enemy. The next time He says, wait, wait on me. Listen to my voice. When you hear the sound of the rustling in the mulberry trees, then I want you to go around the back of that thing and I want you to come back and attack them this way. How I many know oh, you need to get the plan of God in your ears? You gotta learn how to listen to the voice of God. That's why you need to worship to get the plan. And then you gotta work the plan so that God can get the glory. We win if we don't faint and faint. Stop looking at your problem. Get a big picture of your big God. This altar is open this morning if you need more grace, more confidence, more expectant hope, more faith, more strength, more trust. How about rest? How about just rest? The Spirit of God is our supply of hope. Deal with what you have. What you have, not with what you lost. I know on February 4th we're going to have a grief recovery. We want all of you who had losses of any kind to come. Counselor's going to be there. We're going to, we're going to have a good time where we, we get together and weep together and cry together and pray together so we can soar again. Everybody has moments of loss. But for right now, how many know we've got to take authority over the things that are hindering us? Brother Ron, you don't know me. No, but when I read this book, Moses stuttered. Aaron built a calf. David was too small. The armor didn't fit. Samson fell for Delilah. I mean, they all had issues, every single one of them. So don't, don't sit here and say that you've got to be perfect. They all had issues. They were all tired. So when you know you're losing hope is when you react only to what you see at the moment. Hope begins to leave. When you can't wait for the promise, that's when Ishmael will show up in your house. Gotta wait on the Lord. God's speaking to somebody about waiting on Him right now. You you want to get answered. You want to get ahead of God. You want to do something because nothing's going to be done. That seems. I get it. I get it. Seems like there's no no positive results in American ministry. But God's got something for you. Wait on the Lord. How many's willing to come and wait on the Lord? He's called you. He's spoken to you. He's given you dreams and promises. Whether you're in the balcony, He's given you dreams and promises. If you're on the main floor, He's given you dreams and visions and promises. And they will come to pass. But you've got to come and wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Don't let the enemy steal your promise. Ishmael will steal your promise. 
the destruction of hope. Satan tries to render you hopeless. Steal it. Cause he don't care. He don't care about you. If a voice got you in the cave, then I say let the voice of the Holy Spirit get you out. Amen? Come and wait on the Holy Spirit this morning. God is eternal. God is unchanging. God is all-powerful. God is creator, almighty. What can God do for you? Altars are open. What can God do for you? Come, wait on Him. Come on. We're going to worship Him. Maybe you have to take your shoes off and worship a little bit. Maybe you have to put them back on and start fulfilling the purpose and the plan. It's time to rise up, old groves. Time to soar. This is a new day. It's a new year. It's a new opportunity. Whatever the enemy's been lying to you about, you come. Let God move. Move in your life. Move some things out. We're going to worship. You come.